0: Tonight's episode of the BS podcast on the ringer podcast network brought to you by Spotify, where they have the best podcast listening experience imaginable. You can change speeds. I am a 1.2 times speed guy. You can check out their new charts where they have, uh, best trending pods, biggest pods, pods separated by genre, whatever you need. Listen to your podcast on Spotify. Meanwhile, Buffalo wild wings, basketball, finally back. It is time to celebrate the return with Buffalo wild wings where the wings come in 24 sauces and seasonings. When you watch at home, make sure you watch with a wing bundle basketball. Oh yeah, it's back. No better way to watch than with Buffalo wild wings, the ringer podcast network. We announced another new podcast this week. It's called sound only. It is about millennials and pop culture hosted by ringer staffers, Justin charity and Micah Peters. I know those guys. Check it out. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It is a Spotify original podcast, but you can get it everywhere. Speaking of ringer people, Jordan Ritter Khan, he wrote a new book. It is called the road from Raqqa. It is a true story of two Syrian brothers. One who left for America as a young man, the other who stayed until their country spiraled into war, both of whom reunite in Syria, just as ISIS takes control of their city. The New York times gave it a rave review, calling it quote, Riveting, a resplendent love letter to an obliterated city. Check it out. Jordan, we've been with him since Grantland. He followed us to the ringer. It's been great to work with him. And uh, and he's done some really good stuff for us. But it's really, really hard to write a book. Check that one out if you have a chance. Coming up, Joe House and I are going to talk late night basketball here on Thursday night, And then old friend Hannibal Burris. He's coming on to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. First, our friends from Pearl Jam. All right, if you missed it, we did two rewatchables this week. We did, uh, the sandlot and teen Wolf Joe House is here. We're gonna talk basketball and golf with him, but Kyle Brandt on the teen Wolf rewatchables house brought up a fascinating question. I can't believe this movie's 35 years old and I've never thought of it. What college would have been the most likely college to go after and get teen Wolf his senior year, which we, cause we threw out Jerry Tarkanian. We threw out Raleigh Massimino. Yes. Um, I I was suggesting yes. Denny Crum, Louisville. That was right around the Purvis Ellison time. What coach, 1985-86 range, is likely to hone in and convince Team Wolf to come and possibly pay him?
1: I mean, there's an excellent chance. There's a ton of stories out there about old Jim Beheim. <laughs> Jim, Jim Beheim has some hair uh, uh, on his balls when it comes to, uh, you know, doing... Finding some opportunities that might not exist out there mm. uh, un- under the rules. Do you like the thought
0: of Teen Wolf and O V in Vegas at night at the casinos? I think that's that. <laughs> that was our best
1: best case scenario. It, it's a, it's a plus. It's a number one. It's the first one that came to mind as you were describing the scenario to me. Of course, that's where Teen Wolf belongs. Okay. All
0: right. So last time you were on here, nothing was happening, and now we're kind of back. You have a a PGA, a major. Happening right now in San Francisco. The bubble has been fantastic. And we were waiting. We're taping this right now. It is almost eight o'clock PT. So you stayed up late on the East Coast. I'm proud of you. We're going to wait until after this Rockets Lakers game. And then LeBron's groin was sore. We're starting yes. to see some bubble <laughs> chicanery. Hmm. I just watched Portland Denver, our Blazers that we bet on at plus 480 to make the playoffs. Denver says, hey, guys, we really like and appreciate
1: that bet you made. We're going to rest Jokic in crunch time. How about that? In- incredible. They, you know, Denver um, was kind of poised to maybe take a run at, at the Clips in the in the two-hole, and this game was a crucial game for that, and they played hard. I thought that Denver intended to win that game tonight. Well, I think what happened is they w- maybe were waiting and seeing how that Mavs game
0: was going to go. Okay. And if the Mavs beat the Clips and then they had a realistic chance to get to two, I think they go all out. I think once the Clips won, what's really going on here is they don't want the three seed because they don't want to play the Clippers in round two. And they don't, I think, I don't think they want to play the Rockets in round one as the six seed. So it seems like they would rather get in that four spot and potentially play the Lakers in round two, that's the only reason I can imagine why you would throw away this Portland game. There's no other explanation.
1: It is kind of weird. I, that sounds like too much, um, you know, machinations in terms of of you know w- what what. It's too early in this in the bubble right now to be scoreboard watching, isn't it? There's still too many things so, that can happen.
0: I thought that, but um, was talking to a couple people today, and one of them was saying, watch. Utah and Denver, the lengths they're going to go to try to not play Houston in round one. And I was like, really? There's like four or five games left. And that was one. And then the other one was, was, um, the Mavs today. That was a big game because that was their chance to knock the Clippers to the three seeds. So they didn't have to see them in round one. They can't beat the Clippers. And they went all out in that game, hundred percent balls to the wall game seven. And it didn't matter. The clips still throttle them. So I actually don't think it's too early. We only have like four or five games left, depending on what the team is. I, I'm i surprised that Denver thinks that they would have a better chance if they were in the four spot, if that's what they were thinking.
1: I, I I don't know. I mean, I can't, you know, try and make any sense out of it. Denver, as much as anything to me looks like they're just relieved to have 10 guys that could suit up right. and play. You know, you you asked me uh, coming in to think about a couple um, angles for the bubble. One of the angles that I've really enjoyed over these um, first handful of games is like these revelation guys, yeah, guys like Michael Porter Jr., guys right. like T.J. Warren, guys like uh, Gary Trent Jr. You know, kind of second tier below the the radar guys who are stepping into this very unusual set of circumstances and you know doing really good things for their teams and and creating uh you know opportunities for the teams that that maybe didn't exist pre-bubble i had this for later but let's do it now i was thinking about
0: wild card guys for these teams because great i think one of the cool things about this whole bubble and the situation we're in without home court advantage and the fact that nobody seems 100% happy with their team except for toronto is that each guy had each team has Kind of that guy that is is weirdly going to determine their fate, even though it's not their best player or their second best player. So the first guy I listed was Porter Jr., and I don't know what Denver does with that because, you know, I think we would both agree the ceiling of whatever team they has, even if everybody comes back, I just don't think is a team that can make the finals. And I, I you know, all due respect to them, three seed wherever they land, I just don't think they're as talented as the Clippers and the Lakers. Porter is the wildcard guy for them because they can play him in the bubble. It doesn't really matter if they're three, four, five, or six. There's no home court anyway. They're going to make the playoffs. The reps that he's getting in these games, when they get to round one, you know, he's going to have seven games under his belt of being the number two option on a
1: playoff team. He's electric. We, he, we've been, I, and, and, you know, this was a complaint during the regular season that, uh... Denver fans and NBA fans were levying Mike Malone. Everybody say, "Why are you sitting on MPJ?" And I think they had good reason. I mean, the guy with the, his injury history, um, you know, his his NBA maturity, maybe his own sort of maturity as a as a kid growing up into the league. I mean, right. God God bless him on the Instagram with the conspiracy theories. So he's he's been canceled three times already, and it's only been a, a week. But from a basketball perspective, I mean, the ceiling is way up here. I mean, I, I mean, it's exciting. Well, there's two things they really
0: need from him or need from somebody like him that he just happens to fill. One is that he can actually shoot. And that's a team that's pretty spotty. Like, their best three-point shooters, Murray, and even Murray's a little up and down depending on the week. But he, you know, he's a, a good shooter, but the stuff he does around the rim and Jokic, it's like giving Jokic this new toy. It's like when uh we get bark box every month for my for our dogs and <laughs> Willie, our our beloved Willie, opens the bark box and pulls out this thing. And it's just so It's like the greatest, it's hilarious. It's the greatest day of his life. The the Michael Porter Jr. just came out of the bark box for Jokic. And now Jokic is 20 feet for the basket. And he's got this guy making these little sneaky cuts. He's hitting him with these passes. And then he's going up in the air, but kind of sideways. He's he's one of those, like, there's not many forwards who have, have the athleticism like that to bend left and right. And uh, I think he's really exciting. I You could argue he's the second best offensive player on that team.
1: And, and he's he, barely played. You said this uh, two minutes ago, and I don't disagree, that they're not going to be in the finals this season. But I love Denver for next season. I can't mm. wait to see... You know, if they have, if everybody can be healthy and they enter the season, uh, starting Christmas day, 2020, if all things work out, um, that Denver team is formidable. It's deep. They have, they can go a lot of different ways. We, we, you know, bet bull bull is going to be my pet, my pet uh, project, but you know, he's getting run and, and the development of, of him um, on that team into, into potentially an asset there, they can be like a 10 to 12 player deep team. Well, when Porter went in the draft, he went
0: 14th and we all thought it was a good pick immediately. We all thought he, it was a couple picks too late. And at the time, and this is a fascinating draft. The Knicks take Knox nine. I mean, just a tough, tough 20 years for the Knicks. Um, um, <laughs> Michael Bridges goes tenth to Philly, and then they trade him to Phoenix. Shea Gilgis Alexander goes eleventh, man. And then the Clips are on the clock with two picks, and they take they take Miles Bridges and Jerome Robinson. They traded Bridges, but they they had these two pseudo lottery picks. And could have just rolled the dice with Porter on one of them. It actually would have been like a genius move, right? And then they could have just stashed Porter. Now, granted, he probably would have been dumped in that OKC trade for Paul George. But I, my point is, A, I don't think he should have fallen that far. And B, he came one pick away from your beloved Wizards.
1: Oh, I don't want to hear who, it.
0: Who were 15th, who
1: took Troy Brown. Who's that? Is he on your team? He's 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 in the he's down there. He's in the bubble. He's... Okay. Um, He's half of an NBA player. The Wizards, the, the 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 Gizzards have, you know, one and a half NBA players. He's he's one of those halves. Okay, good. I haven't watched one second of the Wizards in the bubble, <laughs> um, but I think if he goes to
0: the Wizards, he no. probably he probably just gets hurt and it Let gets just worse. You, it's a no. He, it's, some, a no. it's a no. Something bad. Something bad happens to him. Anyway, I. I, at the time, it didn't make sense that the Clippers didn't roll the dice because everybody's like, if this guy's healthy, he's a top three pick. Had the back thing, but that's right around the time you you take the run at it. Anyway, um, it's fun that they're just letting him loose, And I don't know what it's going to mean for round one. I, I think there's some real defensive trust issues with him. I think that's why he got benched in the first bubble game. I like that sure. he texted his coach. Uh, next guy, next wildcard guy. And this is the most proven guy in the bunch, Fred Van Vliet. Oh, and I mentioned him because we saw in the playoffs, he had this Jekyll Hyde thing where he was horrendous for the first 10 games. And then he was unbelievable for the second 10 games. You're talking about last year, last year,
1: he single-handedly carried Toronto to the title. I mean, right. he got, he caught fire and the,
0: and it was what it was. And it was like, is this, is this a hot streak or is this, is this the player he's going to become? And then over the course of the year, it was like, oh, he's actually good. And now you're seeing like him and Lowry together, and the, and something's going on with that. But it's kind of like a like a poor man's Lillard mccollum combo now, with with the amount of offense they're getting from two guards. Sure, not,
1: not as at high of a level as those two guys, but he had 36 points the other night. I mean, he could fill it up. This is this is the thing with him, and he's been doing it. That this is why. Before this started, you, me, and the cuss um, talked about, you know, sleeper teams that we like that could really make a mark in these playoffs. And I just love Toronto. And, yep. and he's a big part of it. And they have really um, demonstrated uh, all the reasons why I thought that they had a chance to, to go. They're just mature. They're a mature team that plays confidently. They know who they are and they just go out, you know, in, in some respects, I feel the same way about Houston. <laughs> funny enough. Wow. I think Houston's looked, well, I think that they, they've been playing like serious basketball. They've been playing true to their identity, right? right. They are, they're, they're making this small ball thing work. And they have been daring teams to, 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 you know, punish them. And weirdly enough, teams have gone on stretches of punishing them. And then they go away from it. Milwaukee is the biggest example of this, that Milwaukee Houston game should have been concerning for Milwaukee fans. Because, well, well I, look, the, the 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 solution was to give Giannis the ball in the post. And they did it a bunch of times in the fourth quarter. And then they stopped doing it. And I don't know why they stopped doing it.
0: Yeah. I, I'm, with Milwaukee and the two LA teams, I'm trying not to overreact. Because okay. I think their destiny going into these playoffs was secure. Plus, no blood. So. Yeah. I, did, I,
1: I, I did, don't mean to suggest no, no, an overreaction.
0: To, no. I don't think one thing you said in there wasn't an overreaction because I thought the same thing watching it. I've said it before on the podcast and the Bucs fans get super mad. In these tight games, Giannis is the best player in the league for the first 47 minutes of every game. That last minute, I'm not sure he's my number one pick for I'm down one, create a shot for me. Right? I think that's a very fair thing to say. I I think I would pick... five to six other guys before him on that list. We're down one, make a play. I think what makes him special is what he does over the course of the game. And he's the best player in the league. I'm not arguing anything. Otherwise he's the best, but that last minute of the game and you see it with Portland. It's one of the reasons Portland has been such a special bubble team. Like Lillard is gone five other levels beyond. And he, the guy was already great anyway. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, um, you know, could he beat the Lakers at round one? Could that team actually can really give them a conversation? Let's hold that thought though. Um, Fred Van Vliet for Toronto. I guess we let's go to Portland really quick. Gary Trent Jr. would have been my wild card guy, but I don't even feel like he's a wild card. The, guy, okay. the guy's muddy. <laughs> he's 27 money. 27 tonight. Every yeah. time he shoots a three, I'm going again. We Brussel and I raved about him on Sunday Night's Pod. I don't I don't think we even have to rave about him anymore. I would switch the wild card guy. I'm, I'm, I'm putting Gary Trent in cement. I, he's good. I'm good <laughs> with right. Gary Trent. You're good. All right. Uh, not in cement. Zach Collins. And, oh, okay. And there's an interesting thing with him and Nurkic together, and you saw it tonight in the Denver game where he's just a really good basketball player. I'm not sure he's a good, like, actual talent basketball player, but in se- in the terms of I know where to go, I know what to do. I'll make the extra pass. You give me, you know, a three on two, and I'm about to go lay up. I'll sneak one into Nurkic. He he does some some really high IQ things. That if you're looking at what's their best five, and I don't think you and I think Melo should be in that best five. If we're talking like a game four, a well, game I thought, seven, I thought you were going to give Melo the wild card. I really thought that's where you no were because going with this I don't. One. I think in crunch time, I think they have to go Nurkic, Collins, Trent, and lower to McCollum. I don't know if Melo gets out there because of his defense.
1: Okay. But
0: I, maybe it'll depend on the matchup. But right. the, the thing with Collins is if if he can play with Nurkic and not kill them defensively because he's constantly on some sort of mismatch, now I'm getting offensive rebounds. Now I'm getting tip-ins. Now I'm getting little sneak passes. But on the other hand, he's a he's the guy you can watch on the wrong night. And you think like, oh my God,
1: that guy sucks. Um, what do you think is that Collins? Um, the IQ thing is, is the thing. And this is why at the outset of the bubble, we expressed all this confidence and the, the, the idea of, of great opportunity to, to gamble on, on Portland. Right. And you know, who thinks, um, is going to give the Lakers some trouble. Charles Barkley has been saying, he, he, he said before that anybody played a game that Portland was going to get in and that Portland he's saying just flat out that Portland's going to beat LA. He's just saying it now. Well, we've we
0: talked about this. We've had multiple texts about this. About It's, it's in a lot of ways, a worst-case scenario matchup for a team that gets the one seed, and then they have to play Portland, who might be the third-best team in the West, has these two guards that they're going to have a lot of trouble matching up with. I guess the key is that the, the Blazers have nobody to guard LeBron. They yeah, have but- bodies to throw at Davis, but the LeBron thing, it's basically Trent... Carmelo and the worst player in basketball, Mario Hazonia. and that's who they'll be throwing at him.
1: You you said not to to overreact, and and I'll um I'll agree to do to to subscribe to that. But the Lakers are the worst offensive team in the bubble right now. They have their offensive uh, efficiency is is last. I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of of uh, stats with where they're dead last in all kinds of uh, offensive categories. I did hear that Rondo arrived today. Oh wow. And I don't know what that means like how, how far out um he is in terms of clearing um first the covid test, but also I don't know where it, where his rehab is, stands, but the fact that he's arrived, that that's important for them I think. Well there so we're taping right now. It's
0: 9173 Houston with 2 minutes left in the third quarter. I think one of the reasons they rested LeBron in this game didn't mean anything to them, but I think they really wanted to give all these different lineups, non-LeBron lineups minutes to see what they had because that was the glaring thing watching the first couple of games when he wasn't playing. They didn't really have anybody who could run their offense. And the fact that they're relying on DN waiters, like they're relying on DN waiters when he's been a non-factor for two years now. I happen to think he'll actually help them in the playoffs if his head's on straight. Cause he can create his own shots, stuff like that. But when you're watching them going, man, they actually need that guy. And it's Dean waiters who's, who's been like a, a 30 for 30 the last two years. That's yeah. not a great sign. I just think they have, I think they had a average to below average supporting cast tending toward below average before the Bradley Rondo thing. And now it's just below average. It just is like, you look at Denver today, like Dozier comes off the bench for Denver today and and is actually like making things happen. The Lakers don't have anybody like that. And a lot of these teams do. So, um, I want to hold that Portland thought cause I wanted to talk about that after. Um, actually, you know what? Let's take a break house because I had, I have two breaks for this segment that are food. One's food related. One's oh. drink related. And I didn't, oh. I didn't want to deprive you of doing those without <laughs> you. Uh, first of all, sports are finally back. The only way to celebrate their return is at Buffalo Wild Wings with wing bundles for takeout or delivery. Maybe you won't see any fans of the crowd or TV, but it doesn't mean we're not here. Die Hard fans will be cheering louder than ever before. And for the fans watching at home, like Joe House, you can still get your favorite wings. Order a wing bundle and get traditional and boneless wings and fries for the house. Is that fries t- you- for the house? Fry you can get traditional and boneless and fries. Fries for the Joe house. I subscribe to that. What would you, would you load up more on the, tradi- on the traditional
1: or on the boneless? You're a traditional guy. I like, yeah, I like a bone in it. I like yeah. to get, I, I, I do a big Jameis Winston with it. <laughs> well, I like it with the fingers and they're like, they're crazy, You know, I like to get my finger. I do the whole thing. <laughs> well, order
0: at Buffalo or through the Buffalo wild wings app. Because now more than ever, we need sports and sports need us. And we need wings. At participating locations for a limited time, bundles only for takeout or delivery through Buffalo Wild Wings app or website, not valid with any other offer. More wildcard guys. Eric Gordon for Houston. It, you know, watching them, and I like how they're playing, and they don't even have him yet. And he's either the third or fourth best player in the team. I don't, I'm not ready to talk myself into Houston yet because I'm still not sure this is sustainable with this small lineup. And we saw them wear out right before the pandemic, but right now they look really good. And you add him to the mix. Uh, we'll see what happens. Kuzma, I think, for the Lakers has
1: to be Kuzma because of the,
0: you know, he's basically a 31% three point shooter. But if he jacks that up, the, his ability to play D, yeah. he allows him to play Davis at the five. You play Davis, LeBron, him together with Danny Green, and then whoever to guard the other team's point guard. That's probably their best lineup.
1: I agree with this. They do the, tonight Kuzma starting and getting the minutes that he got. That was important. I think.
0: Yeah. Well, they're down by 18. Um, I have, I have two more because the Suns might make the playoffs <laughs> and we were impressed post suspension with Deandre Ayton. And that there were real signs of life with that team and with him. And now in the bubble watching him and that team just seems like they, they have kind of fallen into place the the Pacers win today. They, they were only favored by like, I think a point, the Suns And they had, went on a 21, nothing run at, at one point. The shocker is that Cameron Payne is a competent backup. That guy I thought was, I mean, remember him on OKC? We've been he waiting. Was, he was horrible. Some and people have been waiting. He's turned into like a tallish Smith, but Aiton, have you watched Aiden? He looks like a legit big man, kind of nurkic but, you know, a little more athletic, but just kind of long and big and and a
1: problem. We've been waiting for it uh, for a, a while now, and and maybe this is the thing that will um, help him advance, you know, making the leap. We've been waiting for a sustained consistent you know because he's got the talent and he's got the right head coach uh, the The entire son story to me is about monty williams and right. what a what a difference a, um you know a, a, a guy who has both like the, he's he's kind of a um a young team whisperer in a way and mm. and it, they're they're a decent mix right it's they have young guys and they have a couple That's, you know, Rubio at the helm is not, um, you you know, that, that sets like a, a kind of, uh, he's an adult. Yeah. A veteran kind of presence. I don't Is Dario Saric an an adult on this team? I mean, I, I I, I don't know. No, Baines is though. Baines is an awesome teammate. Yeah. Yeah. Beloved Um, Celtic. Right. But you know, they're, they're, they're young guys. I mean, what Booker's been doing has been awesome. It's exactly why he, uh, earned that contract that he got. But this is the eight and that we wanted to see, and you know, let's. I'm not going. If we get a Portland, uh, Phoenix eight nine mm. series, that's going to be awesome. And I think that's where we're headed.
0: I'm looking at it right now. Memphis is thirty two and thirty seven. Portland's thirty two and thirty eight. They're going to flip spots, yes. and then it's a question of whether Phoenix can catch Memphis. And they are two games behind them, but Memphis is just in a free fall. And right. uh and we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm with you. If we had double elimination, Portland versus Phoenix, and Portland just has to win one, it's pretty good stuff. My last wildcard guy is Gordon Hayward. Oh. The more I look at the Celtics team in the east, and I think I think there's clearly a leader in the Bucks not a newsflash i think toronto is almost 1b you have milwaukee 1a toronto 1b okay and i think miami is the third best team and i like their nine-man rotation i think when they have everybody back it's just the most complete team they they can they have the most things that can happen during a game if somebody's not having a good game they have other guys who can step up they've shooting they have a really good coach and then it's like philly philly boston indiana uh, we'll talk about Simmons in a second. The Boston thing with Kemba at 65%, 70%, whatever it is thrown in with the fact that they, they really don't have any depth. They have, it's a seven man team. And then the Hayward is the X factor. And when you came and you saw me for my 50th birthday, Hayward broke his hand and he's never been the same since. If he can't, go back to where he was that first month of the season. I think the Celtics team could lose in the first round or second round. I do not think they will make the third round.
1: I don't have any reason to disagree with you. I think you have the rankings in the East exactly right. The bubble has has uh, shown us, you know, uh, the character of of the East teams um, has, has really been sort of defined. The only slight surprise at all to me has been Indiana, how good Indiana has looked. And Until today. Well, well, sure. But like the disappointment to me with Indiana is Sabonis getting hurt. Because boy, you think look at that team and what they could do. They're, they're, they're how deep their rotation could right. have been with Sabonis. Now now we have too much Miles Turner, and that's never a good thing. Yeah. That, I think they would have been the fourth
0: best team. The Boston thing is a bummer because, you know, they just had so many picks over the last few years. And I was texting with somebody tonight, like to, to not get a high lottery pick out of that Sacramento pick last year and then uh, and then also the Memphis pick this year and they just go over 2 on those it was really difficult that's like 15 to 1 odds that that just wasn't going to play out that way they're missing that one last piece and you know Hayward's going to opt in for 30 million and that'll be the expiring year of the contract but there's still time to you know I, we've seen when he plays well what it means cuz now you have three wings who can all penetrate and shoot threes who can switch on D and you know, the ceiling just gets higher, but, um, well, I don't think it's happening. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. I don't think it's happening either. Um, Oh, you had, you had a top,
1: what was your other topic you wanted to bring? The other thing that, that has struck me as weird. And maybe it's because I'm in a generous and gracious frame of mind. And there has been like some disparity around this. I think the refereeing has been good. Mm. Is that is that a crazy thing to say? There like, there are games where there's been fifty fouls, um, and and you know, uh, seven technicals, but I honestly have not been watching the games getting frustrated by the refereeing, and I don't know if it's me or if it's the situation. I've thought they've they've done a terrific job. With really having their stuff together on the video reviews, it feels like they're getting those done very quickly. I don't feel like I'm sitting around for an hour mm. and they're, they're making the right, the right call coming out of those reviews. I don't know, but may, like I say, maybe it's it's the uh, quarantine spirit in me wa- wa- wanting you know s- s- something good out of the situation. but I think the rest have been decent. Well, maybe think about it, they don't have to travel.
0: They can just kind of focus on their job. They get to the game. There's no fans. Nobody yelling at them that they're a cocksucker. <laughs> they're a dickhead. <laughs> they're a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, all the stuff they hear game after game. All the stuff they, you yell at them. Yeah, all the stuff I'm yelling. Um, and maybe maybe they're just... I still hate the, the instant replay reviews. And yeah. for me, they've been really noticeable just because we spent four and a half months watching old basketball games. And guess what? they had a much better flow cuz we weren't stopping every time it might have been a charge on somebody that had to, and we had to spend 4 minutes litigating that i would just rather we didn't have all that stuff unless it was you know did that 3 happen before the shot clock expired stuff like that i still think we should have it for that but we you know when we're litigating if we're slowing somebody down a 1/100th of a second to see if he was still kind of moving during a charge
1: yeah what are, I, we, what I, are we doing
0: i know block block What's the point of that
1: I'm just saying, setting aside the no, I, I policy get question... I get what you're saying. I think they've done a good ef- job of making it ef- effective. It, it hasn't felt you know, drawn out. All right. Well, that, That's that, all. that was... Those are my ni-
0: angles. That's the nicest thing we're ever going to say about the referees. So... <laughs> One of the true joys we had for this bubble basketball, one was the plus 480 Portland bet, which has been really fun to root for. And I feel like I'm actually a Blazer fan at this point. I've watched every minute of all of their games. I'm really into it.
1: So the we Portland did. soccer moms, we were finally on the right side with yeah. them. They should be ecstatic. We love this team. We are rooting for them. I mean, yeah. you, We are Portland fans. We're watching every game. We're in the minivan with you guys. We're, yeah. we're cheering. We're, it, me, we're we're eating
0: orange slices. <laughs> yeah, we're wearing Rip City jerseys. Uh, the the other joy of the bubble for us was was Philly self destructing and losing in round one, and then all hell breaking loose. And now I feel like we've been robbed because Ben Simmons is hurt. And now if if. It could go one of two ways. One, they're still going to suck. And everybody will be like, well, Ben Simmons got hurt. We better give Brett Brown one more year. (laughs) No. But to be fair to Brett, you know, he he lost. I mean, that might actually happen. Or there's going to be some Ewing theory potential. And Philly will overachieve without Ben Simmons. Either way, I like the way it was going. Where it was just this completely broken team. It was pretty clear; none of them were happy. It was just heading for whoever they played in round one was going to beat them. I feel hurt, House. I, I really feel you. robbed.
1: It, it was going to be much more fun to watch them uh, self combust. The the one of the truly shocking experiences post bubble watching Philly. It is as though they hit a pause button in March with everyone of, of the issues that that team had chemistry issues, uh, uh, approach issues, strategy issues. All they did was hit pause and freeze time. It was like a freeze frame. They all stopped and, and didn't move. It's like playing the game freeze as a little kid. And then, you know, whatever it is that you say, when you're allowed to be unfrozen again, that's how they entered the bubble. Like they, they didn't do one thing. To like all the stories, Ben Simmons is power forward. All all, Shake Milton is point guard. It was all garbage. It was all nonsense. They look terrible. They play no defense. And this is the thing with Simmons that makes me think that the um, I don't think there's the the Ewing theory potential isn't high because he's so important to them defensively. Well, and he seemed like he seemed like the one guy
0: that gave a shit.
1: I agree. I agree.
0: Well. It's, it's too bad. And it's too bad for Sixers fans. Cause Brett Brown will be like, Yeah, you know, uh, losing Ben was a real problem for us. And, uh, you know, it's, he's a, he's an all-star, he's a tough guy to replace, you know, and we just got to all chip in. And it's like, no, you guys were losing in round one, no matter what happened. I also just like Ben Simmons. And this is another dumb injury for him, which is, uh, which is too bad. Anyway. Um, I have that. I have. You know, we keep calling a big three, Lakers, Clippers, Bucks. Out of respect to the Raptors and everything we've seen this season. Yep. Let them in. Don't we have to say with four teams, four, I think like eight teams can win the title just because I think this is going to be a bizarre playoffs with a lot of injuries and no momentum, no home court, all that stuff. But at the very least, I think Toronto, out of respect, should be mentioned now.
1: They're the defending champs. They, yeah. They, they, uh, Treated this season, they you know who else has had basically the you know a, a Finals MVP leave the team and come in and and treated the season with with perfect you know honor. They they these guys have um, pride and they're playing with pride and I I just love it. The chemistry that they have, Nick Nurse is awesome, Masai is awesome. I I just I am so impressed by them. Yeah, Nick Nurse is clearly the best coach in the league right now. He is the best command
0: of his team. He does the most interesting things every game. Offensively, I think they're the most fascinating team. I think he maximizes every guy. And we were talking about them earlier. The one point we didn't make was every guy on that team plays really hard. Yes. They don't have, like, the the floater guy, the, oh, I wonder if that guy's going to show up. There's nobody on that team like that. Everyone shows up every game. Yeah. Um, I think they deserve it. And, you know, I remember we were doing podcasts when I was at Grantland the year after Dallas won the title and we were so mad that they didn't defend the title. You and I both feel the same way about this. I think if you win the title, you have an obligation to defend it and defend the title. You know, agreed with us. Michael Jordan during all 10 hours of the last dance (laughs) till you lose the title. You should be able to defend it. And I, I think the way Toronto's defending it is great. Last thing I had, uh, basketball wise was just this Portland thing, which we've talked about before, but you know, Barkley was double down on it tonight with them being able to beat the Lakers. It's not as far-fetched as people think. And there's been situations, you know, in playoff history where a team built around two great scoring guards like this, you know, could just kind of catch fire for a few rounds, like the way they're doing now. I think it's important to mention. The reason they look like the best team in the bubble is because they have the highest stakes out of anyone in the bubble right now. Every game is a game seven for them and they've played, you know, I think the hardest consistently, I, I forget who said the other day that Port. Oh, Van Gundy said at the end of Portland, Houston, that he thought that was by far the most competitive game he'd seen in the bubble. I agree. You could both teams are really sophisticated playing defense, all that stuff. So it's easy to get carried away and be like, oh, Portland's the best team in the bubble. No, they're, they have the highest stakes in the bubble right now. With that said, it's a nice matchup for them against the Lakers. Yeah, it's, the- it's a team that has a bad backcourt trying to stop a team with a backcourt that scores 60 to 65 points a game. That's a bad thing for the Lakers. It just is.
1: It, it's, it'll be really fun to watch if it comes to pass. I mean, there's still a whole bunch of things. We're only really a week into this. Um, mm. and there's still a whole bunch of stuff that can happen. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to knock on wood. I don't want any bad things to happen to de- derail this, but, um, you know, the, the thing that Portland has in front of it when we finally get to that playoff moment is Anthony Davis, the MVP of the bubble. I mean, holy cow. Has he been unbelievable? Yeah. But think about it though. If
0: let's say he goes for 38 and 17 every night, I still think Portland could beat them.
1: Mm. They have because to shoot the lights out. They have to shoot the lights out. That's all. They, they made 12 threes today. I know, I get it. They can, but they have to do that like for, for seven games to win that series. We're going to move off of, of basketball and not talk about the disappointment that is the Dallas Mavericks. We so can much do that. smoke blown up their ass, that team. We can do that really quickly.
0: I just wanted to mention the Toronto-Portland finals odds are like 125 to 1.
1: No chance. 125 to one you said finals like they're not gonna the the, the Toronto, I like Toronto Toronto is not the the side of this equation that I have a problem with
0: Portland beats the Lakers and plays the winner of Utah Houston round two
1: okay you don't think they could beat Utah or Houston they can but it just it just takes a lot it just takes
0: a lot and can then I have give to you be- Can I give you the dream scenario for the Blazers? All right.
1: turn the the camera. they were in the Western Conference last year, the finals.
0: Turn the camera on. This is a ringer social media breakout. (laughs) Portland beats Phoenix. First of all, Portland goes 8-0 in the bubble. Portland beats Phoenix in the double elimination game, first game. They get them the hell out of there. Round one, Lakers. They upset the Lakers. They knocked the Lakers out. Too much guard scoring. Too much everything one of the big upsets, one of the biggest upsets we've had last 25 years next round, the Houston Rockets who beat the jazz. We get a rematch of Dame versus Westbrook, which clearly they don't like each other. You could feel it, it the other night and that thing. I love we it. We get that whole thing going and then you get in the final round. This is where it becomes a problem. Clippers blazers where you yeah. have two of the best swings in the league. Going against Carmelo, Gary, our guy, Gary Trent Jr., our hero, and the worst player in basketball, Mario Hazonia, (laughs) with a little Anthony Simons. That's one of the biggest mismatches. So they would need, they would need somebody to beat the Clippers before round three, I think would be, so they would need like a miraculous Denver win or, I don't know, they need some help. Not Dallas.
1: (laughs) Maybe this isn't a social media breakout. <laughs> that uh, well, they also lost a game already. They're not going to go eight and zero in the bubble. Before um,
0: before you talk about the Mavericks, can I offer you a beverage? Ooh, I'm thirsty. As the, as the original light beer, Miller Light has always been there to bring people together through Miller Time. But in a world where you can't always be with your people, Miller Time might be a moment on a Zoom call like we had recently with our Holy Cross friends, a quick porch beer with your neighbor, masking up. For a socially distant hangout outside, whether you're toasting to friends near or far, great taste. Always close by. Right now, enjoying a Miller Lite with friends looks different for everyone. But staying connected is just as important. You can vouch for this. This was my beer in
1: college. Well, not only that, but, like, uh, goes great with chicken wings. We were talking about chicken wings a little earlier. Miller Lite a a terrific chicken wings beer. And you know what else? It's a great beer for the golf course. Miller Lite is a terrific golf course beer. You're so right. You could, it's, you could have a, a number that I probably ought not to say on the, on the podcast, uh, over the course of a round and two, you know, just, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure. Two, that's the number. Well, and just great really taste. have a nice time. Great
0: taste. Only 96 calories, 3.2 carbs. However, your friend, you and your friends are enjoying more time this summer. You can have the original light beer delivered, repeat Ooh. delivered. forward slash BS and find the delivery. I was just made a noise with his mouth. Find the delivery options near you. celebrate responsibly. Miller brewing company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. What did you have to say about the Mavericks quickly?
1: I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed. You know, they, they, they had this problem in the regular season of not being able to close out games. If the game was in certain number of within a certain number of points, um, they they had among the worst records. They were in the bottom three in the entire league, and they didn't do anything to address that. And we watched them lose their very first game against Houston, up seven points with 43 seconds left. You might that have was wagered a terrific, on this. It, and when it was a terrific game, I was so, I'm so mad at them because I parlayed the over, and at the time that I bet on it, it was 230 and a half, the point total uh, oh, uh, number, and, it, and they had, they combined for over 300 points. Jesus. So the over was the lock of the century. But I parlayed that with a Dallas win, and everything about how they played and how they matched up with Houston was so sensible. And they looked so good. And then there was four minutes left in the game, and the ball stopped moving. Doncic is, is, is forcing stuff. They're taking bad threes. Only he and Zinger touched the ball. Only him and Porzingis, those are the only two guys that touched the ball. I was I I understood how Seth Curry missed a, an 84% free throw shooter missed a free throw that would have um iced yeah, would the game have clinched with 5 it. seconds left cuz he hadn't touched the effing basketball in, in 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 10 minutes. So, I'm just disappointed, that's all. It's too bad because they can't beat the Clippers. No chance.
0: 0% and when we, chance. When we get to round 1, that's going to be in every parlay we do is going to oh. be the Clippers cuz yes. we've watched this. It's just for a variety of reasons, it's it's the kryptonite team for them, and uh I'm with you. I, you know, I really like how Porzingis has looked. Me too. I need to. I need to really think about whether he makes sense with Doncic. Oh, as a combo. Wow, whether that's the right person to be the number two for him.
1: I feel like it really is. I think they they are very
0: complimentary. Well, I think you want you want everything open for him the same way, like what Houston has done with Harden and Westbrook, where they've just, they basically cleared it out so you, they can just operate and get to the basket. And Porzingis is a seven foot three guy. You want him near the basket, but then they, they have him out 26 feet away. And it's like, is that the best use of him? He doesn't
1: play near the basket. What? Well, what but what you want you him near the him. basket. I well, think they have a guy for that. It was DeLon, Wright.
0: No, but you want like inside outside.
1: I don't disagree they, they didn't, that's not, you know, the, the, the key to their offensive success. I mean, the, the, the ringer uh, NBA folks have touted this uh, Dallas offense as the potentially the greatest offense in the history of the league. Yeah, they, but that's, they, they that's, don't really that's, have an inside out.
0: That's regular season stuff though. I'm, I'm it, talking know, about when we actually in a playoff game and you're, and you have to close with three minutes left and you see what you saw in that Houston game.
1: Coaches, it becomes Luca spread out
0: one on five and Porzingis is 26 feet from the basket. I'm not, I'm not sure that's a winning recipe, but anyway, uh, let's go to golf quick. Okay. So by the time people listen to this tomorrow, the second round will already be happening. I don't want to spend time talking about what happened in round one with golfers, things like that, but let's talk a couple of things just that we noticed with the course. You covered a lot of this on fairway rolling, which has been excellent with you and Nathan Hubbard. And you were talking about, um, this course, the weather, um, and then Nathan, who's on the ground there, who, who went there and he's been doing Instagram photos and stuff. And he was telling us this morning, these guys are going to be completely screwed who are teeing off much later today because it's going to get windier. It's going to get colder. It's a huge disadvantage. And then we actually saw it. That's what happened. That's how it got borne out. So as we look you know, the Friday thing. And then all those tee times are set for Friday, right? That was set in advance.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: But then when we get to Saturday and Sunday, you stack the guys who are way ahead. They always tee off last. So they might be teeing off on Saturday and Sunday with the worst weather conditions. So we could see a scenario where somebody could be down six strokes on a Sunday, but, you know, teeing off earlier in the day before the weather gets weird, where they might actually have a puncher's chance To come back. Am I overthinking that or is that in play this year?
1: No, it's it's definitely in play because of, of, um, the way this, this course, uh, you know, the defense of it is that wind coming in from off the water. And I guess there's two different directions that the wind can come from. But the thing that definitely matters is the golf course firms up over the course of the day. So that shots that, that the, the guys who play earlier have the benefit of softer greens, mm. the wind is down a little bit, but you can actually get balls to hold. Now, there was a couple rounds in the afternoon. Paul Casey went out and shot four under and, you know, uh, uh, Bryson DeChambeau was, was four under at, at one point in his round. I mean, there was, there were some decent scores to be had in the afternoon, but on balance, the morning guys did better. Than the afternoon guys, and I think that is going to be the prevailing dynamic. So your your thesis, your, your, that you're you're your sort of postulating here, of you know, is it possible that that somebody in there in an early round on Sunday could go out and put up a number, go crazy low, just get hot, fire pins? This this golf course, if you can hit the fairway, then you have a good chance at at, at scoring. I mean, Tiger yeah. was a good good example of it. Tiger hit. Uh, seven fairways in regulation today and hit all seven greens in regulation when he did that. And he was three under when he didn't hit the fairway. When he was in the rough, he was two over on the, uh, th- on, on those um, holes. And that's, that's the difference. That's the way this is going to play out. So God, if somebody gets, you know, um, the, the really hot uh, on, on Sunday, for sure. They, they, like you go out, put up a number. And just hang on, go in the clubhouse and wait couple other things. I noticed the eighth
0: hole seems like it's, it's the ramming in your butthole hole, every, every major has the ramming in your butthole hole. hole. <laughs> and in this tournament, it's the eighth hole, which is weird. Cause usually it's in the back nine, but this time around the eighth hole is going to be the hole that I think, especially heading into the turn and stuff like that, that's going to be a huge factor. This weekend, did you notice any other holes like that? Or do you think that was the hole?
1: No, I, I, I'm, I'm still sort of, you know, getting my arms around it. It was so enjoyable and I'll just give a quick shout out to ESPN. So they're showing uh, every hole. Hey, thank you. It's a
0: novel idea. You get to watch golf all day. It was
1: was on, on the East coast from 10 in the morning until 10 at night. And, you know, through the combination of ESPN plus and, and ESPN, and it was just such a, a wonderful thing to have a mature broadcast. <laughs> so glorious. It was But great. I, I, I'm still getting my arms around. Um, you know, it looks like 18 is a great challenge hold. It, you could definitely make bogey on, on 18. Um, a lot of guys had to make long par putts. Tiger made a long par putt. Uh, John Rahm made a long par putt to, to, to stay even. Um, but yeah, I eight is awesome. I mean eight it really is the ramen in your butthole hole. hole. <laughs> the ramen in your butthole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tiger looked good and for you know, compared to what maybe our worst fears were and, and Kepka looked all right too. So
2: Yeah, Kepka's we're gonna, four under.
0: He looks better than all right. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of potential uh you know, potential drama with some of the stars. Where is there any uh party crashers you feel like?
1: the uninvited I, guest? No, I don't think so. This this uh Bre- Brendan Todd um is this tr- is a terrific story he won twice on tour. He had fallen way way off in the world golf rankings. It's a great comeback story and he was leading uh, in Memphis last week and then he fell apart in 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 the final round. He's he shot 4 or 500 today. I think he shot and finished at 500. Um mm-hmm. but I I don't I don't Think he's gonna hang in there, but we a lot of the big names that we were sort of circling Brooks, Bryson, Xander Shoffley, Tigers on the board. I mean, Justin Rose, a major winner. He's there. Yeah, there's some sugar, names. Sugar free Gary Woodland. Sugar free Gary Woodland's three under. He's 27, right there. 27 pound drop during the
0: pandemic. Unbelievable. He did two things that year just vehemently against. He gave up sugar. What was it? And there was one other food thing.
1: Oh, fried foods. Uh, well, the fried foods, I couldn't do the sugar. I I don't mind. I, I, I could, I could see that fried foods I mean, is, and it's offensive though. That, that's
0: off the list. Yeah. You can't do that. There's no chance. Well, I'm excited to see what happens. I love having the stars. The bummer for me, just cause I was really rooting for Ram. I was thinking about betting him 13 to one today. And then I saw where his tea time was. And I'd heard you and Nathan talking about the later tea times being a problem. And I, and, you know, that was a good example. I, I I think he was even or he was somewhere around even. He finished um, even and he gave held a on. fist
1: pump. And yeah. I, I look, let's, let's look at his live odds when we hang up. I, I'm not, I'm not against it. He was plus one for a lot of the run there. And yes. then he scratched his way back to even. So. Exactly. We uh, like that. That's yeah. major caliber fortitude right there. Interesting. Let's look at the live odds
0: house. I look forward to, uh, texting you 130,000 times over the weekend as we try to figure out golf and basketball bets. This is great. We're back. We're back. We're gambling. Sports is it's back. so much fun. Our, great. Kid, our kids are never going to school again, but we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I went into my son's room today and there was a smell and I have to go. I think there's like food under his bed or something. It's really getting grisly. It's starting to, it's starting to turn into silence of lambs in my house. I don't know we, what your house is like.
1: My kid um, is in pajamas, like literally, I, I can't. I, he might change into clothes that would be presentable for outside twice every six days. Like at, at most, he's right this second in the pajamas that he slept in last night. Well, why change? He's playing the video games. He's <laughs> he's doing this, the stuff with his, his pals. You want to go outside? Oh, it's raining. I'm not going outside. Okay. All right.
0: My son kept getting more VC for NBA 2K and charging it to my PayPal. (laughs) And I kept warning him how to, I kept warning him to stop. But the reality was, I couldn't remember my PlayStation password. I couldn't stop him. I couldn't stop him. It's unstoppable. finally, Finally, I figured it out late last night and I took my PayPal off. And then I went into his room and I was like, Ben, this is it. This is your last stand. Let's just get, let's get $20 of VC stuff. And, and then that's it. That'll be it. He's like, okay, cool. Deal, deal, deal. So he puts it in. And then it said you had no funds because I had already taken it off. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. ha. You got nothing. You have no job. You have money. You're not getting any VC He's stuff. You got a broken foot. You're a dick. Well, he threw, he threw his controller at me. I'm sure. That sounds like Ben Simmons. I called him a broke cripple and I walked away. It's getting tense in my house. <laughs> but yeah, th- this little shit kept he kept sneaking, thinking he was sneaking these $20 PayPal purchases by me. We've discussed this in the past. Yeah. And I finally what? had to shut off the faucet like he was a crack addict.
1: I will tell you my kid um, who just had his 10th birthday over the weekend, the level, I'm worried about him already, the level of sophistication. He switched the currency. So he plays this game Roblox and yeah. they they will give you the same number of credits in, 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 um, Mexican currency, yeah. which against the dollar is, is, is much cheaper. Like, so rather than, than let's say if it's a hundred US dollars, it's only 84, $85 in Mexican for the same quantity of, of things he's figured this out and he's asking <laughs> me to acquire things for him using the Mexican currency. And I'm like, you know what? That's so smart. I'll, I'll do it. Look at you. You've won me over. <laughs> you got it. What a case you presented. Wow. The pandemic.
0: You know, there's been a lot of heartache, but some success stories, too. Like, <laughs> how's son figuring out Mexican currency? Uh, House, I'll talk to you over the weekend. Thanks for staying up late and coming on with us. Always a pleasure. Oh, and don't forget about your golf podcast. Fair Sunday way. night. Roll a Sunday night recap. Yeah, with Nathan, who's on the ground there. So look forward to that. All right, thanks, As. All right, thanks. All right, we're going to get to Hannibal Burris in one second. First, let's talk about Blue Apron. Home cooking matters now more than ever because, you know, you want to stay at home. With Blue Apron, you can have peace of mind by getting fresh quality ingredients delivered straight to your door. So you can cook delicious, easy meals in the comfort of home. Blue Apron takes the guesswork out of dinner. And we mean more than just deciding what to eat. You can know your ingredients are being prepared and packaged with the highest attention to quality and safety. Create a plan that works for you with Blue Apron's ever-changing mix of menu options. Premium, vegetarian, carb-conscious, Mediterranean, diabetes-friendly, and WW-approved. Prices start as low as $7.49 per serving. Schedule, skip, or cancel orders when you want. Don't sacrifice flavor. Don't settle for boring meals. Find comfort in the kitchen with Blue Apron and enjoy delicious home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu. Get $30 off across your first two deliveries when you visit blueapron.com slash Simmons. Once again, that's blueapron.com slash Simmons. Blue Apron. Feed your soul. All right, let's bring in Hannibal. All right, Hannibal Burris is here. Burris with one R. He made that point again in his his latest special. (sighs) What what happened to the second R? How many times do you have to correct that over over Man, your uh, forty years? You know,
2: sometimes, sometimes I just I turn down offers if it just comes in with two R's. Yeah, it's a good for, sign. For
0: it's a, a good sign to
2: stay and away. And it's not and it's not about scale of it. I a, a couple times I've let it slide, but <laughs> it's a tough. It's, it's already in my head. I'm like, nah, I don't I don't like it.
0: I had that with me. Some, some people have called me Simons. Yeah. Instead of Simmons. I think with two M's, it's pretty obvious. It's a Simmons situation. I I haven't seen any Simons with two M's. Yeah. So if they do the Simons, I'm like, Oh, you have no idea who, anything about me at this point.
2: If you're going to call me a Simons. Um, Anderson, Anderson pack has a lyric on, um, what's the name of that? Song? Yada, yada. Yeah. And it's, now, if they if they forget the dot, I'm charging double for the purchase. <laughs> like, and so I I don't charge double. I just kind of ignore what came in.
0: What have you been doing during the pandemic? We're heading into next week. We'll be month. We'll be, we'll finish month five on yeah. August 11th. It's it's fucking crazy.
2: Um, now being home has been it's been nice to to get to this zone and and be home. And I played tennis the other day for the first time, but I played just, you know, it was my first time. So I said, let's just, just just keep it alive. No, don't worry about regular rules. Let's just, you know, we just getting a sweat out here. But that was fun. Uh, I played video games, NBA 2K. Uh, I
0: I saw that. I wanted to talk to you about that because that's been a lot of my summer as my son who really got into it over the last couple months. And I just have a million thoughts. I was just talking about my podcast the other day, these galaxy opal cards and these goat cards that they give to people who weren't as great as you know, in my opinion, didn't really totally deserve a superpowers card. But now the guy's coming into the draft who aren't even NBA players yet. Like James Wiseman has like a galaxy opal card and he's better than Hakeem Olajuwon, oh, like, what are we doing
2: that, that? My team stuff. Yeah. I can't. My brain can't grasp it. I've been in there on. The, I've tried it, and then I was just. I didn't. I didn't get it. I. I, I know that that means that they're, they're good. And you could assemble players, but I that mode hasn't grabbed me like that. But I. They shouldn't be giving rookies that much that much clout.
0: Well, it's basically oh, yeah. like it's like a scratch card mentality. You know those scratch oh, cards that they have like Seven Elevens. Yeah. So you have to like. They they especially get people like my son because my son's always like, Dad, can I have, can I have twenty dollars? I gotta buy VC for the new goat packs. And so they're praying, and it's like, oh, the only way I can get this LeBron whatever card, yeah, I buy these packs. So then all these all these kids are trying to get the the packs, which then they can sell on this whole little weird eco system wow. that they have and it's 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 a it's a time suck but
2: you have to honor it because it's your son you can't because he it's his sports thing and you had your you know collection there so you're like yeah here's the money you can't
0: well <laughs> especially during a pandemic because yeah. i just feel so bad for my kids because it's like you know my daughter's 15 my son's 12 and it's like they they can barely see their friends do anything they can't <laughs> They can't be around kids their own age, really? So it's like, you know, you end up being a little lax.
2: Yeah, man. You got to get them kids, get get their friends tested. Get their get them a, a tested crew. Like, this is the tested crew. We just hang out with each other. Don't let nobody else into the crew. You'll be monitored, you know? Yeah. So just for, yeah, like your friend group.
0: We kind of have done that. We have, a, like, a couple families that, you just kind of make choices. I'm sure you've done that in your own life where you kind of yeah. look around, and you're like, I trust these eight people. I know they're yeah. not going to be like uh, at some secret rave until they two in the morning, yeah, crammed into like 300 people.
2: You, yeah, you don't seem like you're a rave pandemic person. And you, we just, you know, we roll the dice. I think we
0: should have to list the people in our life publicly, almost like when, uh, when sports do, like there's an expansion draft and they protect eight to 10 people. On the team, yeah. I think everyone in your life should know whether they cracked your circle or not. You know, it's a, it's yeah. like a weirdly
2: insightful moment on what your relationships are. It is, it is. But it's some folks that you know. I think now it's some folks you don't even think about that you would have in your circle if they if they popped up out of nowhere. You're like, oh, mm. oh, yeah. Oh. Oh Oh, I you forgot bro- about you. You forgot about you. We should we should hang out. You're de- you're definitely not reckless
0: what so have, have you because you released this comedy special on youtube which was yeah. excellent Thank miami you, nights um but i'm sh- and i'm sure you're working on that during the pandemic but now what happens because i, I want to go back to the special a little bit but now it's like all right we we're at least in this for
2: five six more months how do yeah. you be you what do you do i've been um just working on different concepts and, and ideas that started doing this one, you know, it's me and a couple other comedian friends. Uh and it's called News Overload, where it's some news, but it's just also just conversational and we're framing it in the news. Uh so though these type of ideas that we could do remotely and and I started a game. I used to gamble a lot. So what? I started a podcast with my uncle uh called Splitting Tens. Uh, He used to be a dealer at Chicago area casinos for a while. So he has some insane stories and it's kind of, that's a really wild perspective to view life from is from the side of the dealer, you know, watching people lose a couple hundred thousand and and seeing just, you know, the emotions. So working on that and just trying to wait. hold on.
0: Can we, can we pause that one? Yeah. I want to talk about
2: split intense.
0: Okay. I had no idea you were doing this.
2: Yeah, I just I haven't put it out yet. Okay. Uh, I got a couple episodes recorded and I've been I've been sending it around to some folks, but it's So it's it all was,
0: gambling gambling like war stories or like like you're I, telling stories, he's telling stories? Like what's it's, the gimmick? Uh,
2: it can vary. We had different guests on. So, you know, the first episode was me just getting his experience as a dealer and and hearing about crazy stories, but we talk, you know. We we talk sports betting, we talk craps and, and dice setting and, and rhythm shooting and, and all this other stuff and baccarat and, and, and we get into it. So it's gonna be, you know, the full gamut of gambling.
0: What's your game? What, when you when you're in a casino? If we ever get to go when back I to was, a casino, what's your game?
2: I was I was craps. I was playing really? a lot of craps and um and in sports. I stopped. I, st- I stopped gambling. It's been uh a year and a half now. But
0: wait, is it so and you stopped drinking like a year and a half ago too?
2: I stopped drinking two and a half years ago and okay. then the next year cut out gambling. Yeah.
0: So every year you're giving up something?
2: Those were the two main ones. Those were taking up a lot of time and energy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Did you have to give up gambling or it was just a good idea? For your for idea. your welfare to give up gambling.
2: Just a good idea. Just you know, seeing that I can channel that instinct and that behavior in the other aspects of life, where I'll still be getting the rush and and all the mental rewards to gambling without the you know cheap action of throwing it on a on a table or whatever, and, or just things that are more long term, but still still have the same kind of principles of they might not go well or they might go really well. So, um, it took that because it's, yeah, being on tilt and, you know, looking up sports bets every day, being on forums, it takes up a lot of mental energy that could be used elsewhere. Were you NBA, NFL, or were you everything? I was NBA, NFL. I was spending a lot of hockey and, uh, <laughs> Hockey? Huck is so betting. hard to
0: bet. It's like all those weird bunny
2: lines and goal and a half, all that yeah, stuff. I don't, I don't I bet Hockey. <laughs> I got into it. I started, yeah. In the Golden Knights uh first season, I was uh I was following them a lot and they did they did really well. Uh oh, so
0: you rode them during their hot
2: streak. Yeah. Uh that was like a couple of my gambling buddies during that time. They started calling me Hockey Hannibal because I was hitting picks like that. Like it was a, I had a crazy couple week run during that time.
0: <laughs> That's something I've always stayed away from baseball and hockey, because baseball has the weird pitching lines, and I I've just never understood how people make money on those. Then hockey especially because I had King season tickets for three, four years. It's just so random. Yeah. They're just skating around balls are, or pucks are bouncing off. Somebody's lagging, going in and somebody's yeah. winning a double overtime. And it's like, I can't handle this.
2: Well, that those hockey, those, uh, empty net goals could really, they uh, really change. That's where you, a lot of times you'll make your puck line on that empty net goal. And, and then they'll be up two and, and, uh, yeah. Those there was a classic
0: one in, uh, we're taping this on a Monday. There was a Portland Celtics game. Portland was plus four. They're down three, with Boston makes two free throws. Portland's now down three, with three seconds left, and we had Portland plus four, and we're like, "This is great." No matter what, like Dame will take a shot. Worst case scenario, we go to overtime, and maybe we don't cover in overtime, but Dame probably miss, and we and we cover. Nurkic is taking the ball out of bounds, and just throws it seventy feet, and it goes out of bounds. So now the Celtics have the ball under the basket up three favored by four. They inbound Tatum gets fouled. We're like, wait a second. We're going to lose on this. And he makes one or two ends up being a push. My point is you might, you might've made a good move just getting out of sports gambling completely. Cause I was so upset. It was just a random Sunday. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah. Why'd you do that? Are you shaving points? Why? Why? why?"
2: Yeah. And there's no way the next day, you were normal to everybody in your life, the way you <laughs> they should have been treated. <laughs> right. Whether you remember or not, you might've had, you might've been acting funny that for a couple of days after a bad beat or a straight up beat, you know?
0: Yeah. Those,
2: it. it puts you in a weird zone.
0: I was a blackjack guy and still yeah. am. I am a go to Vegas. All I want to do is play blackjack and I'm not talking for like two hours. Um, I'm talking like the eight to 12 hours, the you dealers are changing. Yeah. I, I just, I'm just super happy playing blackjack. I zone out, have some drinks. Um, I like to be there with at least one or two friends, A couple of the other seats shift the craps thing I would dabble in yeah. and I've had some great craps moments. Um, I think the problem with craps that's so seductive is if you've had that night at the awesome craps table. Yeah. Where, like, where just everything came together and it's like a movie. You just, you want it again and again and it's so hard to find. And and people chase it and they chase it.
2: But then when it happens, you're like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. Yeah. The craps. I want to jump back to blackjack real quick. Cause I, yeah. Do you play the same amount each hand? You just steady or do you have hunches and, and you triple up your bet or something like that?
0: I usually, I start out, you know playing one hand. Mm-hmm. And then as the night goes on, I have a couple of cocktails and then you kind of feel like the table, the dealer, all that stuff. And eventually if things are going well, I, I, I up it yeah, and do the two hands at once. I, the problem though is I don't, I don't know. I believe in all these rules. I've written about it a bunch of times. Like, I I don't know if I'm just a lunatic or if these rules are actually like real rules that work. Like, I always feel like if the dealer is a, is a shithead or is surly or is going too fast, or just seems like they're not rooting for us, that that actually affects the cards. (laughs) I have no evidence. (laughs) I have no evidence at all. And on the flip side, I feel like when I have a dealer that is, you know, engaging and feels like he's rooting for us and we're kind of connected, we're tipping him. Um, I do feel like that has an effect. What does your uncle say about that?
2: (laughs) he, the, the 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 speed dealing thing i i'm not a fan of that either because i i because especially if you just going heads up yeah and you and, the, and they're a speed dealer if you take a bad that could get ugly real fast where you're like this game is moving i don't like how this is moving right this uh It's kind of like in
0: boxing if you just get trapped in the corner for, but there's like a minute and a half left in the round you're like, Oh
2: my God, I just want to survive. I want to survive until the change (laughs) It's rough. He's talked a lot about people really, you know, sometimes people will ask the dealer in the moment, especially if there's a big bet up and they got, you know, they, they went for a max play and of course dealers showing 10 or something, you got sixteen, and like the book says, hit, and he to the dealer hit, and then bust out. Then you want to blame the dealer. Right. Why'd you hey, tell me? The hell, man? Is, hey, you supposed to, you know? It was a suggestion, you know. I didn't make you play, but sometimes it can feel like they're pushing you, especially if you're in it already. Like you, you know, sometimes where you just, there's been times where they, will yeah, they'll do it real quick. But I'm like, oh man. I don't know if I, if that's the, how much I wanted to bet or if I wanted to bet more. Like, oh, I was going to triple it up and then you get the blackjack on the ones that you, you know, played lower.
0: The way to win in blackjack is if you're having a run, you have to up your bets. Yeah. That's the only way. If, if there's some sort of magical thing happening, you can feel it. You have to step it up. Uh, but then there's these other rules like, you know, some people will double down every time. I will double down most of the times, but if the dealer is like destroying me and nobody at the table is winning and it's like, Oh great. I get to double my bets where everybody is ice cold right now. Like sometimes I'll back off and then you could tell the dealer judges you a little bit for it.
2: Yeah. I, I wonder about how many plays it has to be a lot, a lot of plays that people wanted to make in the moment, but didn't because of the social pressure to not, Right. Tends to not double down on a fourteen or this this thing that you felt as a hunch, but you're like, oh, I got these people around me; they're all so bad. If I do that, then they ruins it, and then you just like uh, hit, and then you get a six, seven, and you got you're like, oh, I should have. Right. So a lot they, of that is it's because it's social. People don't want to do things that aren't socially acceptable.
0: I usually like sitting at third base because. I like to see the cards before me, and I and I also know that I'm not going to fuck up at third base. Because if you have that person in third base, who's who's just doing weird shit and screwing up the whole hand for the table, it can shift really fast. Has, has anybody ever like tried to like fight your uncle, or like been really mad, or thrown chips at him, or like flipped out in any way, or no? Yeah, yeah. Somebody I'm sure has, that's happened, right?
2: Yeah, some some is. Definitely went down. He's gotten into some some fights and and he's he's got some some stories about some athletes not to be named that have taken shots at him. To take a shot mean like try to, you know, try to fake a play and, and not not because they you know they try to, you know, make it seem like they won when they really lost. So Right, right, right. Uh yeah, he's got some wild stories, man. Just even you know, seeing you usually don't get to hear what it's like to look at somebody while they are losing three fifty, you know, right. and you're losing three hundred fifty thousand, and you are just watching them and and they just crumbling in front. Usually, you are a gambler, you next to somebody just watching, but when you have to, it's a lot of energy to take on. I think as as a job, you know, see it. You know, eight hours a day and it's just people being impulsive right in front of you. It's a lot.
0: Well, one thing the Vegas, the bigger casinos did, especially on the strip in Vegas, is they they made all these subtle tweaks to the rules to try to shift the percentages toward the house. And Vegas was turning into a place where you almost had to find a little bit off the beaten path casinos that had the old school odds, right? Three to two blackjack Um, Yeah. The the ability to split aces, but it's your decision. Little things like that, that really actually help you. But if you're at like one of the giant casinos, they're just looking for every way to squeeze you because they know you're on the strip. It's a pain in the ass to leave. Take tight. You got to get a cab, get in the cab line. and it's like, ah, fuck it. I'll just gamble here. And then meanwhile, they've shifted the percentages imperceptibly against you. It's frustrating.
2: Yeah. I would be, you know, I would, uh, at, at my you know heaviest, I would definitely be researching on uh, on forums, like which strip casinos has this, and which ones can you play multiple hands at the minimum bet at and all these different things and looking at sports books, which book got the best line for this one right here? And like this is I look back like that was uh, yeah, what am I doing? A lot of time I spent on on that that research for. The, uh, Idaho State uh,
0: game. <laughs> you know what's funny about craps though? When you're craps profiling whoever the shooter yeah. is, trying to decide just by staring at them whether they yeah. seem
2: lucky or not. You're
0: like, oh, that yeah. guy has a hot girlfriend. I bet he's gonna go on a roll.
2: Um, yeah, th- yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, uh, like, oh no, that person looks trash. It's ser- it's an energy thing. Oh, you don't. Yeah, because he stopping- seems sad yeah he seems sad, you know he doesn't seem like he even believes it um I think women are usually good for at least one. I agree. I feel like at least I rarely see a woman just straight up crap out right away on the first go. They usually hit they either seven eleven once or hit the point once I think that's. That might be 75%. I feel like that is.
0: Where do you stand on the don't come line guy? The guy who's by himself just going don't come against everybody. Basically rooting against everyone at the table. Yeah. And winning when
2: they crap out. he just got to keep it cool. So he can't celebrate. Keep it cool. Keep it quiet. Don't talk to nobody. Just play your don'ts. And if you win, get your chips. And keep that shit quiet.
0: What NBA star is most likely to bet the don't come line?
2: Who's most likely to uh, <laughs> bet the don'ts? Former uh, San Antonio Spurs, Powell Ford, Tim Duncan feels like wow. a don'ts player. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's probably somebody that's incorporated. Uh, advanced metrics in their own game and all the data. Cause the reality is don't come is probably a better way to bet. It's just yeah. not fun at all. It's just it's the most antisocial fun. thing you can basically do in a casino.
2: Yeah. And and it it's it's getting adversarial of me and other people sometimes if I'm shooting, especially if I feel like I'm in a hot zone. Yeah. And I'll throw I say you need to take your money off that shit, man. <laughs> Like take your take your money up, and then there has been times where I made them have to pick their shit up, and they're kind of stubbornly going for the don'ts And you hit like three in a row. You're like, pick your shit up, dog. It's gonna be a mess right here for you. And then we was like, what? We're not. Why we're not going against each other? We're going against the house. What the fuck is this? Right, right. Arguing with this other dude. This other. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need more rivals. Isn't that the enemy? He's not the enemy. Yeah. I he also like when, you, when you're on
0: a when you're on a roll. And then somebody kind of shows up, they hear like there's some applause or some excitement and they show yeah. up and they start throwing bets around, but you're in your role. You, you, slow you're in your groove. It's almost, it's almost like you're a, you're a jump shooter. You've made a few. And then yeah. this dude's coming in be like, hold on. I got to spread my shitty $10 bets into 20 places and knock you out of your momentum for 30 yeah. seconds. I hate that's that guy.
2: Why, yeah. That's why I don't like blackjack solo, but I like to have a solo craps table. Mm. 'Cause then you can really get in your rhythm, you know, and start shooting for numbers and like it's times where I really am just shooting for six, eight and filling it and calling it and it's and it keeps on, you know, it keeps coming and shit. So I that's why I like solo and I um right next to the to the stick person for the shortest distance from there to the wall.
0: What's that guy's name? The stick person stick it's man. there's is that what he's called? Yeah. I never knew what the actual job title was for that. It, the reason I'm talking about this so excitedly is I, I, you know, it's, we're in month five of the pandemic. I would love to be at a casino playing blackjack and being around the action. I don't even know when that comes back. You know, there's uh, a, there's a lot of like video poker. It seems like happening right now, which just is not as satisfying. I know a couple of folks has been to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. With that, what do they have? Like the, the divide, the glass dividers between the things. I think things. it How
2: varies. It? I think it varies from casino, but the one one of my friends was at because he had a good hit. Uh, my friend Kevin Bozeman had a good hit on four card poker, lucky sevens or something. And he sent the pitch, but it wasn't no plexiglass or or anything. Hmm. I think just folks wearing masks. I'm not. I mean, I'm not playing, but I, I had this. It was this uh, card counting documentary. That I watched on Amazon and that, that made me, if I, if the world was normal, that would have sent me to Vegas. I would have, I would have spent to Vegas after watching that. I would have just like, okay, I got i I'm a card counter too, even with no prep. That's because I jump into things with without the required prep sometimes. Oh, I should have, uh, I should have worked on this more.
0: Yeah. I am jealous of the card counters. There's a couple of celebrities that are apparently can do it. Like in a real way. Well, I think Affleck has been kicked out of casinos. Yeah. Um, But I think in general, I wish there was more Card County movies. I wish there was more Vegas gambling. I I just don't feel like we've made enough of them. I've seen all of them. You saw the one, what is it called on
2: Amazon? Uh,
0: Is it documentary or movie? Documentary. I I haven't seen the, the Card County documentary one.
2: It was it was pretty good. It's uh, Inside the Edge is called Mm. Uh, a professional blackjack adventure. Uh, Sorry for for spoilers. You can imagine it's this guy, you know, getting kicked out of places a lot, but it still is. Fascinating to see it happen that many times. We're like, damn, you stay getting kicked out.
0: It's in a way it's a badge of honor.
2: It absolutely. If they're like, nope, this is not what we we can't do it. We can't do it with you here. <laughs> you need to leave. I think it's crazy
0: that people aren't allowed to count cards though. Where it's like the casinos have every edge possible and then somebody can go in there and just be like have a general sense of what's in the pack in the in the six card shoot. And yeah. and uh I always call it a shoot, even though it's a shoe. It's a, it's one of my things. Um, uh, but that somebody can mentally just process what might be in there. And they're like, no, no, you got to go. You got to go. It's like, I'm not cheating. I'm not like replacing cards with a different card.
2: I'm just using my brain. How is that illegal? Yeah. Casinos too, you know, it's too flimsy. Any Cause there's no product. So anything that attacks that it's just experience. (laughs) Right. So if you're messing with that and like, no, you gotta, you gotta go. You Do you
0: remember your first Vegas trip?
2: How old were you? I was, I was nineteen or twenty, and it was ex, It was two thousand two or three.
0: Oh, I, that's right. It, when Vegas was kind of things were happening.
2: Yeah, I. But it wasn't a trip in that way. I I had submitted. I had auditioned for this comedy festival, the Las Vegas Comedy Festival. I was going to school in Carbondale, so I auditioned in St. Louis, an hour and a half away, and they had a college comedian category. Uh, I had not been doing comedy a year or so, and so the prize was that you get to po- go to Vegas and perform in this comedy festival. That was my first kind of time flying for comedy. Uh, and so I played a little bit of blackjack at like 10 bucks or maybe two $10 hands, and I was under eight And I... And so I lost the second hand. I think I lost both. I lost the second hand and since it was 10 bucks and I was 19, 20, I went, damn it. Just, <laughs> and like oh, he must be a kid. And as soon as I damn it, he like can we see your ID? And I'm like oh no. They they put me out.
0: After yeah. that outburst. That'll probably be my son in a couple of years. Um <laughs> what led to the um comedy special you just did being a YouTube thing versus being on a streaming service?
2: Uh, it was, and it, it was pretty close to being on the streaming service, but then the world started crumbling, and so I was like, "Let me try putting it out like this, and 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 just see um, what it'll do on on YouTube, and and try and mix it up a little bit." So it might end up on a streamer down the road uh, later this year, next year, or something. But I just kind of wanted to to put it out first. When did you record it? I recorded it in August of last year at the Olympia Theater in Miami. Uh, And it was the second time I recorded a lot of the material. There was some change, but I recorded a show in February of last year. And then I didn't end up liking it. So I scrapped it, which was a pretty expensive decision. Mm. To, to make uh, it, but it, it didn't feel right to just to, that show and what we were trying to do. It didn't, it didn't come across in that first tape. And so we had to had to scrap it and then did another tour in July, beginning of August and, and recorded it again.
0: There's some bells and whistles in this show. Was when when you're in the audience for it, are you getting the same stuff that I'm getting on YouTube with like the auto tune and all the, like it's this exact same experience, right?
2: It's there's a little bit more stuff in the in the actual in the special, there's a couple added in things. Yeah. And then also in the special, there's some bits that, you know, didn't make it. But right. for the most part, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know. Enhance bits and 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 surprise people a little bit and just make it make it real fun and and have some a different energy to it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, especially in the in the live show with it hit like when certain things hit, you could tell the real surprise from people because it you know it, it's fun like that.
0: I really enjoyed it. It was one of those. All of a sudden, you were saying goodnight, and I was like, Wait, what? I, okay. I thought I had like 10 minutes left. Um, the last 20 basically, last 20 minutes or so of the special, you talk about how you got arrested yeah. for, uh, I guess what was it called drunken, disorderly conduct, disorderly, orderly, conduct. <laughs> disorderly with intoxication? Yeah, um, and you just lay out the entire story in painstaking detail, yeah, um, with you know, your take on everything, but you're using pictures, you're using, uh, video from the TV coverage of it and all the, uh, all the misreporting the background of the cop who then he has some shady stuff pop up and it's just laid out. It's like, it's like a 20 minute, um, basically a verbal assassination of the entire experience. It was really good. How much time did you put into that?
2: Uh, I mean, I started doing the material probably right after that happened. Uh, that was in December 2017, and so then I had a show in Chicago around New Year's Eve where I pro- I told a rough version of it, and then yeah, I was just adding to it. You know, I was telling the story, then that news thing came out a month afterwards. So I was like, why y'all? It was really you really leaning into this bullshit arrest, like the news coverage of it. It felt, it felt, it was upsetting. You know, Well I, I was just, I was really just starting to to wind down about that shit. It was, it was a, a month later, and it was like here's and more from that bullshit arrest. Like, right. Damn. Uh. So yeah, it took a you know, and still always tweaking it and figuring out different parts. So over the course of a couple of years. Got that together. Uh, and it's just something that, it, yeah, it was a BS arrest. And it got dropped without me even, I never even showed up to court or anything. So the fact that they dropped it like that fast shows that they're, you know, that's a failure in their system. It was just who they had operating for them at that time that, that they don't really stand with what he did, so it's a lot of petty policing or contempt of cop type situations, you know, where the ego gets involved. Yeah. And and it allows them to just use that system to their advantage just because they have that on you. It's it's not just words. It's like, you say something, and then you're like, oh, I have handcuffs. So it was like, oh, I thought we were just speaking. Right. Uh, so that's that. We, uh, we put together, I'm suing, the Miami police. And
0: I saw that. That, yeah. that just came out a couple of days ago.
2: Yeah. Just cause I don't, you know, I did actually, I lost a decent gig because of that, because we weren't fully closed and who knows what the other effects of it. But beyond that, I don't think he should have been a police officer when, I ran into him mm. just based on the type of shit he had going on before. We never should have even interacted like that, because uh, he, he's, you know, I don't I just I don't think he's fit for the gig. So, so,
0: so you taped all this a few months ago, and then, you know, about two two and a half months ago, all of a sudden this country is going through this moment. And you have all this material and this comedy, especially, you haven't released yet. That's basically in the ballpark of what the conversation is. I, what, one of the things I appreciated about listening to it was you just had this own story, but it was in a context of before everything that happened for the last two and a half months, but was still really relevant to everything that happened in the last two and a half months, but you weren't overt about it. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. I mean, it just happened to a lot. It's... it's... It happened to be really relevant because of the times, but yeah, it's one of those things where it would have been unfortunately some it's an it's a ongoing conversation. So um yeah, it's, it's it's wild, man. I just uh yeah, it I mean you see like oh he was choking motherfuckers in bars <laughs> and and like the real, like not to repeat it, but the motherfucker that arrested me was running away from the police recently. So after you know, a after a bar fight, yeah, after a bar fight. What the whole thing is, and even beyond our, he followed me into the bar. He escalated the situation when the shit was done. Said because I'm too drunk. Was like, okay, well. You you can't go into the bar. So I can't go into a bar in front of your eyes, is what you're saying. Like, because if I walk down the street and go to another place, then... So it's just BS, man. That's... uh, But we'll see how it goes. And...
0: Was that the first time something like that's happened to you?
2: No. No. I've had... I mean, I've had scenarios when I was a teenager uh, and really not doing anything... And just getting stopped by the police while jogging. My my uh one or two years of being in shape in high school when I was prepping for football season, I was just on a jog and then cops just pull up. Where are you going? Uh where are you going? It was like, I'm just jogging. Mm. Oh, we had a break in. No. Uh there's other times where I was you know, just come from shopping with my Burger King check. And I was up on, not too far from my neighborhood, but it's a different neighborhood has a different ethnic composition. So you see a black kid up there, and then they're like, What do? you, what's these bags? And I was just coming from buying some shit from work. I just got pulled over, you no, know, for no reason. One time was just funny because this, so uh, there was a uh, Toys R Us that was at the Brickyard Mall by my place. And so I had a stealing phase in, in high school, you know, where I was just kind of stealing that just because of the rush. And so I went to Toys R Us and I took this, uh, it was some handheld fishing game. And uh, I got the game. I get out the store, fine. And then... Uh, Maybe it's a block up. I see my friends like, across the street. I run up to catch up with them. Then a police car comes. I see the police. And then I start running. They catch me. And then they're like, where's the shit? Where's the shit? they like, pad me down. They got the game. They're like, where's the shit? Oh, you know, I don't know. I thought they were Coming after me for stealing the game, they just thought they were like, "Oh, he's running up to—he has crack or something." That has—he has that. They were searching for drugs. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and so meanwhile, I ran. They don't have no idea I stole this fucking game.
0: <laughs> Where And I was
2: like, weird. damn! If I just kept it cool, everything. Would be fine.
0: <laughs> Where? Do, how do you see the next few months playing out here? Next few months, just in general, in this country,
2: I don't know, man. even in the situation, is just I was uh, I saw somebody online, they had a thread going, like, What are crazy things you thought about the pandemic and in March and different? I right? just from a work standpoint, I was really planning on touring in the fall. Like, okay, this is going to be a couple months, but then. Fall touring is gonna to be crazy, and because so many people couldn't tour in the spring, then that means that there's gonna be a lot of secondary markets that's gonna get really good shows that they don't really don't get. So I was thinking, oh man, because people gonna to have to play, you know, Little Rock, Arkansas, because everything else is booked up, and all these. I had this whole idea of how touring would be, and it was, uh, and it was uh, very far off. As far as the country, I don't know, man. This shit is, is, it's gonna get tense no matter what uh, around election time. It's gonna be weird. That's when I think I'm, I'm a. i am i am I plan on leaving the country for a few months in October. Good move. Uh, just to you know be in a different zone and and yeah. Go somewhere, maybe I think by October, things will open up. We'll be able to go somewhere that might have handled this properly or we'll see. Uh, but. Well, the
0: crazy thing about election night is election night will be like election month because there's no way they'll know who won on that night like we would in a normal thing, right? So oh, yeah, all the tension leading up to that day is going to be the whole month.
2: Yeah, and then even if he loses, he's not he's not going out smooth. Now he'll say, know?
0: yeah, he'll say something <laughs> shady happened or there was a miscount, <laughs> all that stuff. What do you think of how how the NBA handled the last few days? The NBA,
2: I noticed that they well, I don't know if this is with every team or not, but I saw the Bucks versus. Who played Friday? They played the Rockets on Friday.
0: Bucks Uh, played. No, they played the Rockets Sunday. The Bucks beat beat up somebody on Friday.
2: Well, I watched I've watched so many games I can't even remember. I didn't know. Did they was it coincidental that both white players on those teams they had to wear the black Black Lives Matter on the jersey? Other people, other teammates had equality and and various things.
0: Yeah, they Every, I think they had like 28 different slogans. You could pick one of the slogans. Yeah.
2: It's, you know, it forces the, the convo. And I was just thinking, thinking about how this is, at some point, this is going to be old footage. You know, these games are going to be old. And, you know, look back 30 years from now for on ESPN Classic. Right. And then people have to have the conversation again or talk or at least talk about what it was and like why is he you know, why does he have education reform on his jersey? And people had to talk about the time. Uh, that keeps it going.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, it's been nice to have sports back. I think the conversations have been handled really well yeah. and the dialogue that's been started. And there's been a sense of normalcy to it, even though nothing's normal, right? And even the games aren't normal and all the stuff they're doing, the lead up to the games, things like that. But then ultimately, you get to watch these guys hoop and it feels like, all right, well, at least this feels like kind of what life used to be like before March.
2: Yeah, but if you're, you know, if you're like ninth, 10th man, you know, and you're trying to, a lot of people watching basketball now, you Casual fan might not more get pressure, <laughs> 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 or you to get dunked on with justice on your jersey, or <laughs> 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 yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be some interesting posters when people get dunked on with, with these these new jerseys.
0: So we can find your comedy special, Miami Nights, on YouTube. On YouTube. It's got, it's doing very well. It's in, it's in seven figures. The, the, uh, seven figures and then some, the amount of people that have watched it and then, uh, and then stay tuned for everything else. Right. seems like you're up yeah. to stuff. I I feel like you're hiding things from me. You, you got That's, a couple, um, you have a couple of big projects going right now.
2: Those are, those are my big projects. News overload, okay uh the podcast splitting tens i'm trying to find a i'm trying to find a home for that whether i'm gonna put it out independently or or find a spot for it uh and yeah, just that's those are the main thing i'm having uh
0: in two k and you've won seventy 2K. straight games in two
2: k oh, allegedly yeah, two, yeah. <laughs> <Clickbait>. allegedly <laughs> i'm trying to new i'm trying to like just really goofy level of clickbait for my youtube channel just to see. How that process goes and then now since you know stuff is locked down for 2k21 now i'm already planning video gaming with 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 my friends and with my like okay if we're gonna do a team are we gonna do this series oh let's do a video a week okay Mm. we we film on thursday evenings and now for the first time ever, I'm planning video gaming months ahead of time, but I guess that's what it is to be almost 40 and, and playing video games. You got to structure that shit.
0: Have you played a, an NBA player in 2K? Who's the most famous person you played in 2K? Uh, I
2: don't... Who have I played? I don't I've played some... I haven't I played... I haven't played any players.
0: Seems like Ends you need okay. to start a league. You need need to start a little little mini celebrity league.
2: I was like, yeah, you're right. I should organize it. You
0: should you should challenge some people? Yeah, let's let's put it on the table. See Get who's everything good.
2: Organized, right?
0: I was fascinated. I think it was like the second month with the pandemic when they ran. They started running the two K games between the NBA players. Yeah, and uh, and a couple of them were really good, like really good. And you're thinking like. I, I can't even imagine how much they're gambling on this, like on a road trip or whatever. Like they're in some hotel room at two 30 in the morning and like Sacramento was like, Hey, come up to my yeah. room. Let's go. But, uh, but I, I was impressed I thought uh, that there was a couple of the sons were really good. They had some teammate battles. I think Deandre Ayton played, uh, Devin Booker, but, uh, it was pretty high level.
2: Um, Yeah. So, uh, Patrick Beverly was talking a lot of trash on there.
0: Yeah, he t- he just talks trash anywhere. I think. Yeah, and he's probably in the grocery store, like talking trash to people. He's he, he just needs to do it, especially when yeah. there's no basketball. He's gotta he's gotta work that muscle. Uh, Hannibal, yeah. it's good seeing you. Good seeing you too, Bill. Congrats on the special. Uh, good luck with the YouTube channel. Thanks a lot, dog. all right. Thanks to Spotify. Thanks to Hannibal Burris. Thanks to Joe House. Thanks to. The Rewatchables podcast, which I forgot to mention. We put up two this week. We did uh, Teen Wolf and we did The Sandlot. The Teen Wolf one, I'm, I'm really proud of. It's, it's, it's the deep dive you never knew you really wanted for a 35-year-old ridiculous 80s movie. So check those out. Coming back on Sunday night with Rosillo talking about bubble basketball and the PGA tournament and a whole lot more.
1: Enjoy the rest of
0: the week. See you on Sunday night.